Hello and welcome to the Inside Strength podcast. This is episode number two with special guest today, Colin Gaddis. I'm sure a lot of you who are listening to this right now know who he is already. But for those of you who don't, he is a full-time stand-up comedian and overall legend from Northern Ireland. And today I was grateful enough to be asked down to his production studio. They basically film this podcast, so everything that you're hearing was using his equipment in his own setup. So it's probably going to be a lot better already. And basically with Colin's story we went into, the backstory to it, how he's got to where he is today with stand-up comedy, the things that he had to overcome to persevere to come out the other end to where he is now, and also his love for jiu-jitsu and what he currently does with his own training at the moment, as well as some things within his life, within his personal life in particular, that were basically taking his entire focus even though he was going through massive Uh, success with his own career within stand-up comedy and how he balanced all of those so Colin I just want to thank you again for taking the time to do so and come on today so let's get stuck in Colin first and foremost thank you for having me down here man it's a really good experience it's just something different that I've never did before so you know just saying that first and foremost thank you for coming on Um, just basically Colin why I wanted to get you on man was because like we sort of talked about beforehand your backstory and how you've sort of got to where you're at today because you know when you think of comedy well when i think of comedy in northern ireland like i told you i think of yourself and you know where you've got to today hasn't just came from anybody else giving it to you so it's you off your own back sort of doing what you've did so i would love to sort of go into calling your backstory as to basically how you've got to where you're at and even going as far back as like we said about the bar the blender days yeah well, that's it, it feels like it's been five minutes and then also 50 years but it's i think it's like a ten like anything takes about 10 years to you know get good at it or figure mm-hmm. it out so like yeah i mean i, I kind of just stumbled into everything um right back at the start i was into like art and graphic design and stuff and i went to art college um and i thought i was going to get into belfast art college and I, I didn't get in and ended up going to mcgee up in Derry. Mm-hmm. and i made a video there they had a course where it was really experimental you got to do like a lot of stuff like 2d design you know different stuff graphic design 3d all this sort of stuff animation and one of them was like moving image and i remember making a, a wee video there and everyone was like oh it's really funny and it wasn't really meant to be i was mm-hmm. like all right cheers <laughs> and then the next one i sort of deliberately tried to make it funny mm-hmm. and then once i'd left and kind of had nothing to do you know because i did a course that was kind of useless you know what i mean yeah, but like yeah. and then i made a video once i left which was the first iron fighter so it was about the third thing i'd ever made mm-hmm. and then that just got a bit of attention from like producers of bbc and got on to like a show called lol which no one has ever seen thank <laughs> fuck and uh met other comedians and then got in the stand-up and that's that's been it really mm-hmm. ever since and kind of I've, I've kind of more or less been doing the same things you know stand-up dabbling and podcasting back then and making videos and I can't. I kind of haven't really stopped doing that. Yeah, it's just evolved and got more professional or yeah, more slick and, and setup and stuff, monetized right? itself a bit more. Yeah, well, look, man, it's the main thing is how I first heard about you was the boy, the blender days, and I remember watching them with my mates. And I think at the time it was like infrared as well. You know, your phones were you. <laughs> Hear me at Sammy out there, you know, you put your phone up to it. Like, and I remember getting the videos back today and I actually went back and watched them uh, when we talked on Instagram. And I was like, wow, the difference, obviously, the production quality now yeah. compared to then. Like, you know, you think I was filming like a potato back in the day yeah. compared to now, like, you know. Which I took into consideration at the time because, you know, I'd seen people film stuff with like good cameras and everything. And I was like, I only have this fucking JVC, like, camcorder. Mm-hmm. But the style of comedy I loved was like The Office and things that looked like a documentary but it was fake yeah so 
I knew that the shitty camera kind of lent itself to that. Yeah, yeah So I was like, yeah. I was more, I was more sort of going like, what can I actually do that make that looks real? Mm-hmm. So I just made a, like a fake documentary and like made a, a character and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So it actually worked out in the end. I still have that camera. I should keep bringing it up here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was looking to talk about as well because obviously back in the day, where you know that was probably one of the first times I seen a comedian from Northern Ireland to actually do something like that. What age are you? I'm twenty five. Twenty five. You yeah. see, had you been the generation before? Mm-hmm. You know, people's like, unless you're like really into comedy, you'd be yeah. like, oh, who's a comedian from here? You'd be like, Paddy Kelty. Or yeah. if you're a culture, you'd, be, you'd, you'd know some other, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, 100%. Conal Gallon or something. But yeah. like, yeah, because you're 25, you're probably your only experience of a comedian from here mm-hmm. was like someone you'd seen on the internet. Yeah, which yeah. Maybe 100%. started with like a buy the blender type thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, man. And like, obviously, yourself and then Shane Todd and stuff like that obviously came from don't, that. Don't say his name. No, I won't right say his name. <laughs> But yeah, like what I was going to ask you about that as well, boy, because back in the day, obviously, you know, it wasn't one thing that you would see a lot of people and even in Northern Ireland doing is like getting in front of a camera and speaking. So like, how did you sort of find, well, suppose you sort of did it through your degree, but you know, how did you find overcoming that sort of barrier of getting in front of the camera and talking and putting yourself out there almost? You just do it by yourself. Yeah. That was it. Like there was no one ever, like even now, you know, I'm not a big fan of going out and like there's a lot of people will will do like a man on the street type video and talk to people in character i always hated that mm-hmm. i always mm-hmm. like to be like locked away mm-hmm. or somewhere sort of that you wouldn't recognize somewhere obscure and yeah. film it and piece it together and put it out and it, it'd be a bit of a mystery yeah you know i don't i never like doing character stuff live or anything so yeah it was all just very very private it was always in the same garage at my dad's house yeah for years is that what that was your dad's yeah, your dad's garage. yeah I, took, I took like one last photo in it before he, he started renting the house out really yeah, yeah. <laughs> unreal man i'm sure there's a lot of people who want to go up and see that but um with that being said obviously calm because now what you're doing and everything else would you say that you are like always had this sort of aim to get into comedy or was it just the fact that you sort of fell into it no um you you know there's there's like a couple of types of people where you know someone might watch well there's about three types of people there's people that would like watch comedy when they were younger and maybe their parents watched it and they were like oh that looks amazing i'd love to try that and they have a genuine love for it and they try and then there's other sort of lunatics who go like this looks like a way that i can get attention mm-hmm. and i want to do this and mm-hmm. that's the wrong way to go about it yeah and then you get people like me who just kind of Maybe you were, maybe I was funny for years and maybe a lot because I've met people since and they're like, no, well, of course you were going to be a comedian. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm, like, I don't remember mm-hmm. being that funny. Like, I remember being in school where everyone was funny. You know, it was just like a yeah. circle of people slagging each other. Yeah. Um, but where was going with that? Um, yeah, I always thought it was kind of funny, but you, you almost need like pushed into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you, yeah. you, like I remember even going into the Empire when my mates were watching football, and I remember thinking, like, oh, shit, people do comedy in here, and then thinking about what it would be like to do, be standing in front of everyone, and you had a fucking panic attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, know, eight years before I ever did comedy, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So how did, how did you find, like, when you did your first gig, for example, like, you overcame that sort of fear? Suppose it's just throwing yourself in well, it. You don't doing really it. overcome it ever. Yeah, you just sort of still get it to this day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that weird, like, you know, you know, it's, say if you compared it to sport, it'd be like, Every time you compete or something, yeah. you're fucking shit in your pants. Ah, yes, you're a But if you, if you weren't allowed to do it, uh-huh. you'd be like, fuck, I missed that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like, the, it's like the reward of the feeling when it goes good. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. beforehand, you know what I mean? When the adrenaline's surging yes. up your neck yes, and yes, you think yes. you're fucking going to black out. It's yeah. like, I'd say it's like anything where when you get really good at it as well, you can actually sort of like front that as well, where you know you're feeling that inside, as in like your adrenaline. Your well, a lot of the time, you only have the adrenaline because you're, 
standing still behind a curtain. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. once you can actually use it mm-hmm. and move and talk, yeah. it goes away immediately. Yeah, but you yeah, sort yeah. of need it to keep you sharp and everything. But of course, yeah. That's right. That's right. You know, sometimes I'll be like in peak brain mode on stage and most of the rest of the time I fucking can't even remember what day it is. Like, because there's no, there's no like, you know, there's no reason for me to be, fuck, you know, I'll just be chilling out, just fucking bored, half fall asleep. There's no reason for me to be like fucking up and sharp. I know what you mean, man, because I'd be the same with sort of like clients if I was PTing in person back in the day, whereas like you can sort of just switch it on if yeah. that makes sense, where you know, like obviously you're not going to be like that all the time because you need your downtime uh, as well, man. But yeah, man, moving on sort of to that, because I know we've got sort of like a mutual friend, uh, Jordan Stanson. He mm-hmm. used to, was it correct? He used to train yeah, with, that's with you that, in person. That's like yeah. the first, you know, venture into like being coached i ever took yeah, like yeah yeah and what and what fact. way did you do that was that a pt in person was that like an online thing or uh, no we, we would go into the as we as we gym there and mm-hmm. um it was more or less like a group thing mm-hmm. um yeah so we just just train in there yeah um was that the first time you probably got into something in the gym as such were you no because I, I would have always worked out and done different stuff and done stuff at home or went to the gym with mates but with zero structure you know what i mean yeah, it was yeah, all very much like you know, oh, we're yeah. going on Saturday night. Come on, we'll go and go to the gym and see if you can get a fucking, you know, packs yeah. by the time it's six I o'clock. <laughs> I know, man. Like the, the Jordy Shore days where people used to do the press-ups and stuff before they headed out and stuff. Yeah, man, <laughs> I've done that myself. Like, But, you know, why I'm saying about Jordan stuff is because, you know, that was the first time I actually heard that you were into the fitness side of things as well, where you actually went with him in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it you're doing currently at the moment? I think you're working with Tim, is I'm it? I'm working with Tim, Tim yeah. yeah. Um, j- just because, you, you know, you do need a bit of structure and a bit of, mm-hmm. you know, accountability or something. Course, like I, yeah. I have a lot of gym equipment that I bought myself. Um, would work out f- regularly, but not, so, you know, it might be fucking four days in a row, eight days off. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's that sort of thing. There was no real structure, and then because. And then obviously I hang around with a load of fucking fat mass comedians. No, there's no mates that you can be like, right, yeah. these are the days we go to gym. The, mm-hmm. the closest thing to that I have is like my father-in-law, who's yep. 60 and a, you know, an animal running like 60K on his birthday and everything. Complete beast. Um, but that was about as close as I have as like a training partner. So I was like, right, fuck this. All the stuff's lying there. It's lockdown. We go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, regardless of what happens mm-hmm. at seven o'clock. That's, mm-hmm. that's what happens. Yeah. And we started doing that and... You know, I feel like I was the only one taking it seriously. <laughs> and then everyone started dropping off. And then I was just like, I was just like, fuck this. Um, I need to be doing something mm-hmm. while I have mm-hmm. the time, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'd be course, stupid. Yeah. You'd be stupid to waste the, the amount of downtime you had. Yeah. So I just said to him, I was like, right, fucking knock something up there and we'll get started. Get so that was like, like, I was saying today that the Nile here was like, I weighed in at like 268 pounds from 286. Very good, man. Yeah, that's good. Coming off there. Yeah. Yeah. Which, do you know Dave Elliott? Have you heard of him? The yeah, comedian yeah, from here. Yeah, yeah. Me and him tried to do this thing last year. Obviously, he fucking just fell to shit after about a week. The heavyweight cut, because we, we realized that the UFC upper limit for heavyweight was 265. Right, okay. And yeah. me and him were going to race the 265. Yeah. He, he is probably heavier than me, I think. But uh, yeah, we both gave up on it then. But now I'm, I'm like probably about a week away from from it and i'm just gonna send a photo to him yeah, yeah. obviously there's another fucking 30 to come off after that like well mate you know at the end of the day everybody starts in a place you know different from everybody else and it's the case of like you said with i feel like a massive thing that's what i do full-time man it's like online coaching quite like tim and you know i find a lot of things is working with people's accountability aspect is to have somebody oh, yeah. to you need to invest in it you need to pay money and feel like a 
piece of shit if you don't <laughs> lose weight or, or hit goals or whatever. And I know, like I, I've even said to him, like, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't really want 12 weeks to fix this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I yeah, want to yeah. learn how to put it in place. I, like, I, as I said to him, I might lose a pile of weight and not really be happy with how I look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we start another yeah. journey. Of course. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah big time. Big um, time. But I think he, he was enjoying it because I do have a lot of equipment, which we bought before. And, you know, he can really get stuck in the program and the workouts. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on a deload week this week, so... <laughs> Or as I call it, what's the point? Yeah, what's the point, Mike? Um, <laughs> no, but that's that's a great way of looking at it, man. Because you know what I said to my clients as well is, is like a lifestyle change that you're trying to go for. And of course, you know you can see the twelve weeks, sixteen weeks, twenty weeks change for some people. But it's all about, like you said, having the education probably long term. Yeah, to I mean, stay on track I, with. I'm coming. So what day is it today? Thursday, Monday. There was like six weeks. Mm-hmm. But even in that space of time, you know, obviously you have days where. You know, you go around someone family member's house and course, it's someone's yeah. birthday, and you're fucking eating this and a bit of that. No, you've made chicken and you eat that and a bit of cake. Yeah, there are days like that, mm-hmm. but they're also you learn very quickly. Like if you know shit you used to do, like people be like, "Oh, we're gonna do this and get a fucking McDonald's after this," and you're like, "Why the fuck would you do that?" Like it's insane, or like the idea that people order pizzas in or Domino's or something and you're mm-hmm. like I would literally rather now I would not rather not eat yeah, yeah I know than eat mean. that shit because it's just like a full waste of time yeah it's, it's 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 sort of like once you have every other thing in place with your lifestyle like you know your training even like simple I know Tim was saying about some I think he said about your staff count because you're at the desk most of the day like I would be as well I'd find it hard some days to get but the thing in. I've said to Tim there's days where all the boxes are ticked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like yesterday 12k steps did the workout that good yeah um, and then today the steps will be an issue. Yeah, of course, of course. And I, I've I missed the workout Monday, so the workout will get done tonight. Yeah, but then it's like, am I going to be walking around the field in the dark <laughs> trying to get these fucking steps? Like, and he's yeah. like, well, if needs be. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's what I was actually saying to Tim about because I'm office space as well. So what I was thinking about getting was like a treadmill where you could just sort of like go on while you're doing your office work. But I suppose you can't really do that up and down here. Well, I have a, I have road. like a thing that the the last fella left in this office, which was like a. A quarter circle reception desk right which i might just put in the corner there and stand that yeah you know if i'm doing any admin type yeah shit. of course man and like i find the extendable desk where you can stand it's compared to simple definitely be good for obviously keeping on track with steps but the big thing that you're saying there as well calling about you know the whole dominoes thing and takeaways and stuff like that i feel like you know it's a case of when you have the other things in place things like that then you don't necessarily go and what would you say have as much compared to what you would if you were off track and the big thing i'd, I'd say when i sort of like educate my clients is like it's a lifestyle approach to it as well whereas i would still have that and still try to stay in shape but it's a case of like once you get all the other pieces in place you're probably you know things like that you can have if you enjoy but probably at the moment where you're just sort of pulling back a wee bit in that are you yeah well you know it's just like you know i was obviously obviously on a bit of a journey now but like i was like overweight Mm -hmm. but also like surprisingly fit and strong yeah so the working out bit is not an issue it's it's just the it's the the blind just eating of fucking anything whenever I feel like it. So yeah. there needs to be just this awareness for, you know, let's face it, the, the time's going to pass anyway. Mm-hmm. Like three months, mm-hmm. four months, six months. Yeah. Because I was maintaining a, a heavier weight fairly well. Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't just rocketing up. I was always yeah. kind of at the same heavy weight. Mm-hmm. So it just there just needs to be a period where it all comes away back. Yeah. And then course. it can probably maintain it at a lower weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm with the sort of, obviously, the gym stuff and the fitness, and I think Tim was saying, like, you actually are very strong, what, what you do. What's Tim saying? Tim's Tim's been saying stuff, like, in DMs and all, like, but I it's all some, good stuff, it's I all good some stuff. stuff about Tim. <laughs> but the thing is, with uh, outside of the gym sort of thing, I know you're a big fan of jiu-jitsu. 
Um, so is that sort of back going now? Or do you just sort of? Well, it was. It was always like there are people who fucking live and breathe jujitsu, and it's yeah. every day and whatever. Yeah, yeah. My problem for a long time was where do I do it? Yeah. Because we lived in Belfast in, in an apartment, and SBG had opened, and I was going there frequently. Um, and then we moved down to the sticks, like like mm-hmm. outside Dungannon. So there was you've, you've either got like Straban or Belfast, and any time I was going up to Belfast, it was just this. It was a pain in the arse to go do it because at the time SBG didn't have showers and all. You know what I mean? Like you'd, yeah. you'd be like, I'm gonna gonna go roll about the floor and get fucking ringworm here, and then. I have a meeting at four o'clock yeah. and I'm sitting there, you know, with a fucking big scuff on my face and half a black eye, my yeah. ear hanging off, like, yeah. hey, how's it going? Stinking. Yeah. So it just became hard to actually do. Mm-hmm. And then a whole lot of other life shit happened and it just, it was not a priority. You know, it was yeah. like, look after your family and then make sure you're getting, you're earning money. And there was mm-hmm. a whole load, there's a whole load of stuff that took priority. Yeah. But now since, since the lockdown, I was talking to a few people I used to run into jujitsu recently and I was like, even if it's one class a week, I'm sure I can make one class a week. Like, yeah, and just keep my foot, and keep my toe in the water. Like, but yeah, especially because I do love. Yeah, you know, if, if you go on my Instagram it. feed, it's like watches jujitsu. Yeah, you yeah, know, girls with fat asses, and that's about it. <laughs> Trainers. Yeah, because that's obviously the first thing going back to the day, like by the blender. And obviously, you could see that you're into stuff back then. You know, with the sort of the MMA style stuff, like, and you know, for you obviously to do it now, um, that's obviously a big motivation for you to keep fit as well. Because I suppose. That's sort of one thing that you enjoy so much that you don't even think about time passes where you're burning a lot of calories as well, suppose, oh, doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's. have you ever done it? I've did it once or twice. Like, my cousin Ram would be a big fan of MMA, um, but I, when I did that, literally rode on the ground sweating. Like, it's hectic. Like, I mean, you could work out all day, fucking run 10Ks every morning. <laughs> you could do a whole pile of shit and, like, one jiu-jitsu class and you're limping around for, like, mm-hmm, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's just fighting for your life yeah I'm, i actually remember that going down to lisbon and doing like <laughs> one or two days with the guys down there and like like even the condition alone they used to do like the warm-ups and the yeah. body weight squats and like i would consider myself quite fit when it comes to that strength aspect but see trying to keep up with the guys for like the there's just a lot work. of i mean a lot of jujitsu you know like say you're doing a workout or a kettlebell workout or something there'd be some real awkward moves yeah. where it's just very very uncomfortable that's all of jujitsu <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's like you know, everything's like a, what do you call that, like a Turkish get something yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. really yeah. strenuous awkward. and awkward. Yeah. Everything is that. I remember when I was actually doing it and like the guy got you to stand on like a tee and Aye. like go round your other partner and like not hit the ground and try oh, to climb around them. Yeah, just climb around them and like, geez. And of course, when you're like big and bulky, yeah. you, you see some wee fella just nipping around people. I know, I know. I was looking at guys like three stone line. I mean, I was like, whoa, like I can't do this right now. Like, But, but that's, a, that's the beauty of the sport because mm-hmm. you'll you be rolling with someone and you're like, is this fair that I, I'm having to roll with this guy because yeah, he weighs yeah. like 60 kilos? Yes. And then next minute, he, he's like broke your arm off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's a bizarre sport. A, a massive part of that is obviously the technique aspect because you can be strong in certain ways, but you see if you know the technique and what you're doing, it means you don't even have yeah. to waste as much energy. And then you're if you're doing. strong and have technique, that's a good mixture. Like, yeah, I know. I'd say so. Like, because, you know, probably the guys that, would you wrestle with some guys that are all mixed weight then? Some yeah, of them would be if 60. You, if you, uh, you know, an open mat or whatever, as they call it, like it's, you just swap partners all the time. Yeah. There's times, or in a lineup when you're practicing stuff, like, you know, one guy's fucking 24 stone and the next the next one's like a wee tiny woman, yeah, you know? Yeah, I know, mate, but it, it, probably it's one of the things that humbles you as well when you go in there and you actually yeah. realize when you wrestle with those people, like, you know? But um, when it comes to the whole MMA thing, that's one thing that I wanted to touch on is the, you know, why you do it. And it's because obviously you love it and that's what helps you stay on track as well with the fitness side of things. I is don't really a, do MMA, like, to be honest. Yeah, just more like the... the, the I, I don't even... Like, the jiu-jitsu thing was... 
I just it was just a, a hobby, mm. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the period of five, six, seven years. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not totally shy at it. Like yeah, but yeah. it's that de- it's definitely something needs you know, I need to look at that again whenever we're free to do yeah, so. Of course. Obviously it's the dirtiest of all yeah. Sports yeah where you get when it comes contact. to hygiene. Like. Yeah, it's uh, so man. And is there anything else called outside of the gym and jujitsu that you do? Like do you do anything else for like fitness wise or um, I don't know. I was trying to get into this running a wee bit there, but I just I was enjoying it, but I was just like I feel like it's one of them again, like the jujitsu thing. If we could just go for one short run a week, yeah. just to keep it just it's just not my thing. Yeah. No running's not my thing. And I got I got a lot better at it very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. But you know, rightly you're just not built for certain things. Some yeah. people can run for ages, but mm-hmm. they couldn't like lift the box off the floor. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I know rightly all I'm built for is do you need a portaloo pushed over <laughs> or something? What do you need? Yeah. You know, someone trapped under a, a mini. Yeah, 100%. I'll just I'll shove it on the side for a minute. Have you have you ever actually lifted really heavy, like with the the main lift, squat, bench, deadlift? Um, I've, I've actually never. Well, with with Jordan, we tried to push it as much, but obviously, the focus there was like a lot of full body, mm-hmm. just big sweat sessions, get yep. moving. You mm-hmm. know, so it dabbled in it a wee bit. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I mean, bench is something that I feel like if I pushed it, it would get real big. What can you bench? I think 160 was like big last that's time we mix. were there. Yeah, that's very it's good. It's on video. Mickey Bartlett was in the gym with me. Oh, really? Fucking four people standing around the bar. Yeah, I mean, that's, you need that when obviously people are going but I don't. Like, it's, it's funny because, and then the deadlift, I don't think I had deadlifted for long enough. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Technique wise and everything yeah. to, to really push it. Yeah, deadlifts probably out of all the lifts are the ones that obviously technique needs to be yeah. the best. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, Probably need to speak to someone who really fucking knows how to lift. Because, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a bit awkward. You feel like, uh, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a wee bit too tall or is what, what the proportions yeah. are off here yeah. where this feels like it's hitting a bad spot. You know, you go on the fucking hex bar thing. Yeah, it's so much better. It feels, you know, it's straight up, but yep. um, way less strain. But uh, what's the other ones? Squat. Again, bit of a shitty knee from rugby years mm-hmm. ago. So mm-hmm. the bottom of a squat can be a problem for me. Yeah. But I don't think I got, I don't think I pushed it. I could probably bench more than I could squat. <laughs> yeah, but look at the end of the day, it's probably just because of the technique, like you're saying. But that's, yeah. that's still some bench, man. 160 kg. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. Once. Yeah, but with you, a crowd you, of people you, standing you around, could, you could probably do sets at like 140 for sets of five. I'd say at least anyway for a person that, that's, that's again. Some... I don't train. I haven't been pushing it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, at the minute it, it's like we got four sets of eight yeah you know when you yeah. keep it at about of course 100 ha- or yeah, something yeah you know yeah. you're not going mad that's it and that was a big milestone back in the day for most guys wanting to hit that 100 kg bench i don't know if yeah. you sort of started and you always wanted to try aim towards that when you started benching like that was a big thing that well a lot of guys when they start in the gym that's the one milestone they want to aim towards and um i think once you hit it obviously you just especially with strength training you just want to get more of it especially when you're into it um but when you were saying about the thing with jordan what you were doing the whole body sort of workouts and stuff like that, is that what you prefer more compared to, what would you say, like bodybuilding splits then? Um, probably, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've Somewhere in there, there's like a bit of fucking meathead DNA from playing rugby or something where yeah. I like to feel like mm-hmm. I've blown it out a bit. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? I would probably I would probably enjoy CrossFit if I did it, you know what yeah. I mean? But, you know, I remember just going to the gym with a bunch of lads and fucking four lads in a queue to do a bench press and you do it and... You know, there's plenty of times where I'd, I'd go in and miss the first bit of their training to do like f- forty minutes on a cross trainer, mm-hmm. or you know, like yeah, like a hit on a cross trainer or yeah, something, yeah. just to fucking feel like I'd done something. Because yeah. 
I don't know what that is. It's probably surprising. Like, I bought an assault bike. Like, uh-huh. I fucking love assault bikes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're tough, man. They're very, very tough, them assault bikes. Like, you know, when but you there, there are str- there are weird things, you know, for a big fat cunt that I find a lot easier than most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably because of the strength as well. It's yeah, you're fucking blasted and, yeah, you know, the calories go up way quicker than everyone else. Yeah. But it's just weird that, you know, like ring, ring push-ups and stuff. And I've seen strong people on mm-hmm. them fucking all over the I place. Know, yeah. And for some reason, I could do them all day. Like, they're just, they're cert- there's a handful of things that I really enjoy doing that yeah. are like a nightmare for a lot of people. I'd say but, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I do, I do like, I do like f- feeling like I've been to the gym. Like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think like for, for me, it's a case of, you know, you can come and go in, in and out of different types of training. Like for me, I did the performance type training with football back in the day when I was playing football. And then I went into bodybuilding, then into powerlifting, which is like your strength training. And now I'm just sort of doing it to feel good, like, you know, and sort of look good as such. And I feel like when a lot of people go into it, you know, they feel like they have to stay in that certain way forever. Whereas if you yeah. transition, like you did, you know, where you do whole body, where you can do compound lifts, where you can do different things, whatever suits you is but the you most see important people, thing. You see people change all the time. I've seen people, big powerlifters, go into jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. And they realize the muscle needs a lot of air. Yeah, yeah. And they're fucking, they burn out pretty quickly. And then you don't see them in six months. And then you see them and they're like a different person. Yeah. Like they've slimmed the way down. They're yeah. way wirier. Yeah. They're like, well, this is what I do now. Fuck. Yeah, that's it. That's a lot it. of the time they they keep a lot of the strength too, mm-hmm. which is like yeah, yeah. That's, scary. Oh, that's one thing that when I started part of at about 22, like I absolutely loved the feeling of getting stronger as well. And there's such a difference between, you know, when you do the bodybuilding type workouts and you create that muscle versus the, the powerlifting type workouts, like go muscle versus show muscle, if yeah. that makes sense. And like, I just love the feeling of getting stronger through all them main lifts as such. And you can apply it to so many different things. If you're strong in a certain plane, like a person motion, yeah. you think about rugby as well when you start yeah. that, that's obviously can carry over. But I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of guys coming from the bodybuilding side when you've did them jiu-jitsu classes who maybe had that background who mm. came in have you i mean yeah there's been a lot of big yeah. muscular guys yeah, like, yeah. And, and they sort of like like again wrestle with like 60 kg people and sort of find the technique overtook it yeah yeah he's all over you like a like a monkey yeah, yeah i'd say so like i'd say so man but that sort of brings us on to the next bit colin like obviously you know where you are today and everything else with the podcast the shows and you know a big milestone for you was in january where you did the ssc arena yeah like how did that feel for you obviously doing that for the first ever time not as nice as it should have felt because i don't know if you followed any of the stuff online for me but like mm-hmm. the, the timeline was basically i was on tour yeah my w- wife had our baby yeah november and nine days later back in hospital diagnosed with lymphoma yeah, right yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. fucking chaos yeah like yeah. that whole autumn winter and then the SSE was in january and it was like fucking it was class don't get me wrong but it was like not as celebratory as it should have been and yeah even she was still getting treatment up to like march so there was there was no like celebration or release or you know what i mean it was like mm-hmm. a, it was like a big grind up to this yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and then we were just still in hospital and everything and by the time she got out and that was done there's a lockdown lot so it was it was very just it's like a weird place almost in that time or yeah. you know what i mean there's mm-hmm. there was like i feel like i should have been away on a holiday or something yeah but it, it, there was no like I don't know, like blowout at the end of it, really. Mm-hmm. So it it was amazing to mm-hmm. go do, and I'm I'm almost more excited about doing it again. You know, with all the sort of nerves away, where you know you're like, oh, how's it gonna go? Is this set gonna work in front of these people? And then you go up and you're like, oh, it's just like it is just like a normal gig. Yeah. Re- just, realistically, mm-hmm. it's just a bit bigger, but mm-hmm. sure, you don't see half of them anyway. Yeah, so now yeah. I know that I'm like, right, I can just concentrate on writing more material. I could I could have done a second one. Or a third one way sooner but i chose to do it at the end of next year yeah 
to get the set and everything sorted because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know when we'll be doing stand up again. Yeah, well, but um, I'm more excited about that where there's no life drama going on. Everyone's healthy. You can enjoy yourself on tour instead of fucking checking your watch and kiss. Or checking your phone in case your wife calls, like, I'm going into labour and you have to rake it back from Galway or something. Yeah, I'd say, like, trying to balance all that, man, was very, very tough. And for you, obviously, you know, the reason why you do it is, I suppose, you love what you do as well. And that's why, you know, during the tough times, you understand what it's going to do for your family long term and everything else. Yeah. So you had to try balance everything, man. But, you know, when it comes to that sort of tough time, I'm sure that it took a lot of the the sort of strength internally for you to keep it together, I suppose, when it came through them, them periods yeah, of time. It's f- well, it's funny because y- you don't, think about that you know it's literally it's full survival mode and then you know you always i mean it's like it's like one of those metaphors you know like the it's in, it's the journey and all this here shit because you think like oh this is gonna be over or my wife is getting like her last chemo session and you think you're gonna walk out and party you know fucking champagne and everything but you're kind of almost completely emotionally f- fucking wrecked by the end yeah that it's over and you're just like then it actually takes this sort of like rejuvenation period for you to get back up and feel normal. It doesn't mm-hmm. just like yeah, yeah. kick in straight away. 100% because my girlfriend's mother got diagnosed last last year at some point and she's still going back and forth with it all. So I see firsthand what it's like to be around that, yeah. you know, that sort of environment and stuff like that. And it is really difficult to try to... And everybody will. Like that's, that's you know, it affects so many people and you, you know, you think, oh, it's never going to happen then at you or anyone you know. And then mm-hmm. it does. And then you speak to people and everyone's experienced it somehow. It's like... yeah. You, there's about two two connections before you know someone that's i know it, it is crazy like when you sort of break that down like that man but you know it's credit to yourself Colin, because you've still worked through it all and you've still came out the other end and i'm sure that sort of made you mentally more resilient i suppose when it comes to things because you've dealt with that probably the hardest thing you've ever dealt with in your life yeah, yeah. very possibly yeah um but again i don't know i don't I have nothing to compare it to Maybe next year when I go on tour, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be able to enjoy myself. Yeah. You know, I'll be, yeah, I'll be like, right. this is great. I'm chilled yeah. out. I get to go to, you know, Liverpool for the weekend to do a gig, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, go eat out, do different stuff, do the, enjoy the gig, come home, come back and see my family instead of like just being fucking on, completely on edge the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I might be able to enjoy it. I might be able to go and do the SSE and have my set worked out already and be like, sure, we've been here before. Yeah. You know, this is going to be no sweat. Yeah. Well, that's, I'll, I'll probably only see the good of it then. Yeah, of course, of course. And like, you know, even in itself, it's a massive feat for, you know, anybody to be standing on that stage in SSC and alone a comedian from Northern Ireland. Like it's yeah. probably the, the pinnacle of what you can do here in Northern Ireland alone. And I suppose you're you're doing the tour across the UK next year, you were saying, are you? Yeah, well, we we sort of did a few, you know, the big cities last year. Um, But I think we'll branch out a wee bit this year and then try and get the America, try and get yeah, the Australia, stuff like yeah. that. Which well, should have been happening this year, realistically. Yeah. But you know yourself pandemic <laughs> and obviously with i seen a video of you were in was it Venice Beats or something like that around America you just went to like a yeah, holiday we, yeah we well, it was like last year when um, Aaron McCann he was doing like a year in America mm-hmm. we were just like fuck it we'll go you know on, under the guise of like we'll go see him we'll go visit him yeah. but we'll just build a holiday around it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah the first the first wee bit of the trip was like stayed in Santa Monica you know went up to Venice and all and then we went into Hollywood for like the second half of the, mm-hmm. the trip, but it was I would move tomorrow. Like really, yeah, yeah. I've never been to America, man. It's one thing my girlfriend always wants to go to, and I'd love to go for traveling. Like, but you would love to live there. Would you love to like advance and move over there and work full time? Well, we keep. I don't really even follow him, but like Maureen looks at like Joe Wicks, and he has a house over there. Yeah, and that would be the way to do it. Is like just I don't know. I don't know if you'd want to live there with how fucking crazy it is, but <laughs> definitely 
go for the winter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for September and come yeah. back and fucking. I think we get about a week of good weather in the summer. Anyway, yeah, it's like just, so. and I'll, I'll, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, I hate this, and I hate how positive it is, and I hate how everyone has an agenda. You know, like I'm a, I'm a waiter, but I'm an actor. And mm. I like that. Yeah. You know, if you're, you'd probably like it if you're, if you're in that sort of hustle business, yes, yeah, you're, yeah. you would fucking like that because yeah. over here, if someone was, you know, someone's like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm an online coach, and I'm looking to, you know, be one of these fucking digital nomad type things that can be in Bali telling you, <laughs> yeah, you know, how to fucking eat right. People will be like, fuck that, you know, like, <laughs> fucking right here, man. It's, it's, it's a get mindset. A, get yeah. a decent job. Whereas if you said that to somebody in LA, they'd be like, oh, fair play. Yeah. What's your cut? You know, they'd be looking to know more, yeah. you know, they'd be more intrigued. Like, And I think that's from like the the sort of, I would say it's it's almost like the mindset. Like I've met a few Americans in the past, but even like, you know, the mindset here when it comes to obviously trying to do something different from, you know, your norm as such. Like, the know, mindset here is poisonous. Like mm. you can't, you know, it's fucking, what is it? Crabs in a barrel. It's just like, you can't let anyone fucking do well. Even yeah. like in comedy, you're like, oh, I think you're funny, tell us a joke and all. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, what? I know, you're shouting at me from yeah. the fucking bin, Larry. What are you, t- do you know what I mean? Do you yeah. tell me a joke? Yeah, I know what, what you mean. What's going on here? I'd say, like, especially here, because, like, we can relate to it. We both do what we love at the end of the day. And, like, it's it's something different compared to what most people will do. But, you know, what I try to say to most of my clients, even when I work with them, sure, you know, you've sort of mixed in with people and you've, like, talked to Jordan about things. And, you know, obviously at the end of the day, PTs talk with people about personal stuff. And there's a lot of things I tell my clients. It's just, you know, number one, what are you actually happy doing? And what could you see yourself wanting to do each day? And you can try to make that into, you know, your professional. So it just takes time and perseverance. And if you love it enough, I suppose, you'll do the work that's required to actually get there. Well, of course, you you know, I don't know what you're like, but I all I get is questions all day. Like, oh, man, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. What gear do you use? And then you're like, you don't need me to tell you. Mm-hmm. You'd be doing it. Yeah, 100%. I, You know, I didn't ask anybody fucking, you know, what camera do you use before I... You, sh- you shot it on whatever you had. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. like the first podcast thing I had was like a wee... What was it? H fucking two. It's like a wee black microphone. We just talk into it, take the card out, put mm-hmm. it in the computer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not... If someone's like, I'm just thinking of starting a podcast, I'm not going to be like... I get a, get one of these desks and fucking two cameras and rent an office. It's gonna cost you a fortune. Like it's yeah. you gotta be starting, of course, yeah, with what you've got. And I think it's about that. And you know, when people would ask me as well about online coaching and what software to use and all this stuff, and I was like, just you know, pick something, go with it, see what works, and just you know, improve as you go along. I suppose. Like even me yeah. starting this podcast, like you don't have to get it right first go. Yeah, of course, yeah, you, you won't get it right first no, go. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I just think it's it's down to like being. Would you say humble enough to realize that, that when you come out of the blocks, it's not going to go well straight away? You just have to sort of persevere through it and go through the fact that you're not going to know it all and just get better at it as you go through it. Because even with me, this podcast, like this stuff here is like so much better than what I have. But you know, for you to ask me up here, and it's a pleasure to do it. But all I have is like the wee thing that you started with as uh-huh. well. And I'm just zooming people and being like, Do you want to come on? Like, I'd love to get you on and just well, going from there. You know, if you're, yeah, again, like all you have to do is ask people yeah. you know that's it yeah, like, yeah, 100%. especially with the zoom and everyone being at home like mm-hmm. someone will be like i might as well you know it's an opportunity to promote like whatever the business they have i'll chat to this guy and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i'm sitting scratching my balls here anyway like why, why would you not <laughs> yeah that's it and that's why i reached out to you as well and i just hit you up a wee dm and that's basically where we are now to be fair and that's what i did with pat as well yeah. like anybody i've asked is because you know like 
basically guys like you inspire me because you're doing your own thing in your own industry and like it, it shows that you know because you have that actual passion you're willing to do it and get to where you're at and that's why like this podcast of mine is not just centered around strength and fitness and of course we're touching things but it's more about the you know the personal development aspect like the mindset to get there to where you're at yeah regardless of what industry you're in like well if you don't stop you don't stop it's one of the you know it's like yeah 100%. there's a i think that they actually had the quote in sbg above the door from this like jujitsu guy and it was like it's not who's the best it's who's left and it's like if you you know there's plenty of fucking comedians like i could like mickey bartlett or shane totter all these comedians are like that's what happens when you just fucking get your head down and mm -hmm. just keep plying forward even when it goes against fucking sanity a lot of the time yeah, yeah. you know you eat there's some deaths that you die on stage where you're like that's when i should have quit you know mm -hmm, what i mean like mm -hmm. when you just and then you think oh no i'm good enough and you get back up again and again and again and you just fucking you know the bullets are bouncing off you 100%. and you just keep going and yeah. then all of a sudden you see someone you go oh he's really good and you're like yeah it's because of the fucking the years of graft and like many many times that he fucked yeah, up and had shit and yeah. got better at it like. exactly that's what i love the like what you said there about eating shit it's like you know you have to be willing to take all the bad shit as you go along yeah. the way to actually get good at it and i think that what puts a lot of younger people starting off like you know i'm still young enough starting off my own journey but when a lot of people start off they're trying to like almost feel like especially with social media that they're an expert in that field straight away where they just have to sort of fall in love with the, the process of it first and foremost and actually like be humble enough to accept where they're at and i think that resonates a lot more with people online because you're real then as opposed to trying to come across as something that you're not yeah just people, you, know. you can see you can see the people who dive on something when it looks like a financial opportunity mm -hmm, 100%. Like, I, i've been doing podcasting for years now and then when this lockdown kicked in, people were just like, like this this desk here. I think they sold them, sold out of them. Really? Yeah. Everybody fucking jumped on it. Like, I wanna, I'm gonna do a podcast now because I see, you know, someone else is making money off a podcast who's been doing it for ten years. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. gonna fucking throw something together. Yeah. Um, and I'm mainly talking about comedians, like, but <laughs> you know, it's like people who you've tried to convince for years to maybe do something, and then yeah. they're just like, oh, now that the shit's hit the fucking windmill here i'm gonna get a podcast i suppose it's like anything. Where do you, what equipment do i buy in? it's yeah, just, yeah 100 like, dude fucking figure it out man yeah i think it's mainly you have to just sort of i don't didn't even know that well suppose you can with advertising you can make money off them i suppose but for me it's just trying to like meet people like you and interview them and actually yeah. you know and, and do it authentically and then you know you listen to joe rogan probably the one that you think of a podcast and that's the one you think of he just probably started off the same just interviewing well, he people his, that he, that he was, liked that didn't even kick in for a few for him it was just a lot of mates mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and right. it was him you know it was really lo-fi at the start like yeah do you listen to his podcast a lot would you um d guest dependent yeah who's you know, on it, like, it depends yeah, who's yeah. on it like yeah yeah but elon, yeah. elon musk smoke yeah <laughs> smoking the weed, pretending man. to smoke weed i know man i know but um yeah look colin that's basically most of the stuff there i wanted to touch on basically your story at the start man how you've got to where you are as well it's just the fact that like you know it's clear that you love what you're doing you're a family man at heart as well and everything combined i'm sure you know in the the years to come we'll see you not even just branch out in the uk even more but also america i'd say that'll happen man and, and i just wish you all the luck with it lad because you know it's it's true that you're passionate about it and you love what you do like oh thanks very much thanks for having me on your podcast in my office thank you <laughs> yeah, exactly thank you for having me here i didn't even realize the sort of cameras will have looked at you the whole time i suppose oh, like, but, um yeah man other than that thank you so much for coming on brother no worries, man. thank you thank you brother
So that wraps up episode number two of the Inside Strength podcast with Colin Gaddis. Throughout that entire episode, I was basically either laughing or smiling because, you know, Colin's just such a good guy to be around with his own story as well as just the vibe that he has because you can tell that he truly does love comedy and he is where he is today for persevering through, you know, the hard times and even, you know, times that he probably wanted to give up because he has that love and that drive towards it. So again, Colin, thank you so much for taking the time to actually come on to Inside Strength podcast today. And yeah, just hopefully you got a good bit of value and enjoyed listening to that. Any feedback, more than welcome, let me know via DM, the Inside Strength Coach on Instagram. And you can hit me up on Facebook as well, just Matthew McMahon. So other than that, next episode coming in next week with my own coach, Joe Parrish, full-time online coach and a guy that I basically really can resonate with because his story is very similar to mine, coming from a professional football background and doing full-time online coaching now. So keep an eye out for that next week. But other than that, hopefully you enjoyed and I will speak to you all soon. Thank you.